This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast this week with Tyler Mansfield from Vol Report, who was who is alive after being at the Tennessee-Alabama game Saturday night. Just paint the picture what it was like in Knoxville once he kicked that ugly field goal through the uh, through the uprights there. Yeah, that, that field goal, I don't know if it was tipped. Some say it was, some say it wasn't. I think it was, um, but... At the angle I had, I was on the field in one end zone, and they were on this side of the field with the other end zone, and the kick goes up. I'm like, it doesn't look good. Yeah. The next thing you know, it, just, it barely falls through. And the next thing I know, I turn around, and people are storming the field, um, tears being shed, people yelling. It was loud. I, I couldn't believe it because the way the game unfolded, you know, a nice lead, Bama marches back, they take the lead, and then they have a chance to win it. And then Will mixed that, mixes that kick, just like the AM game. He had two misses in that game. Well, what's not really a shocker because it happens, but then Tennessee just Hooker had two of those big passes there. Next thing you know, they win the game. Uh, instant classic, by far the best game I've ever attended in person, and I think by far game of the year, for sure. Yeah, I mean it was it was incredible, and and I think you know obviously one of the biggest turning points was in Al- Alabama's up seven, they're driving again. I, I'm sorry, Alabama's up seven, Tennessee's driving, throws that pick. I think McQuinton Street returned it almost all the way down, and you're like, okay, it's over. It's yeah. they're going to kick a field goal, win by ten or something like that. But then the flag comes out, you get the pi, then then the whole thing sort of unravels. Did it feel like when you were there that the momentum was on Tennessee's side the whole game? Because it seemed like Alabama just couldn't figure out how to slow down that offense throughout the game. They they couldn't, and I think I told myself if the defense can do enough to help the offense out. But if the offense starts fast, starts hot, moves the ball at ease, they'll be fine. And obviously, they just scored, you know, almost 50 points. We're over 50 points to win the game. But they did that. Um, but 21 to 7, I'm like, wow, this I didn't see this coming. And then we knew how what Bama does. They come back on teams like that. You can't just say, all right, we're up. We're up three scores. Game's over. Because they, they march back. And I don't think I was shocked with the way Tennessee played offensively because, you know, they're, they can play against anybody and move the ball like that. But I think no one expected Jalen Hyde to have five touchdown catches. Yeah. Hooker do it. Hooker's great. But that last drive there, I think it solidifies that he's one of the top five quarterbacks in college football. Just the way he moves the ball. Two big plays there with like less than a minute to go. And then it's two seconds on the clock for the field goal. Perfect timing. Like they couldn't have scripted it better. You can't write a, a book about that just because just the way they did that last drive, the way the game unfolded, you know, they didn't get down after – you know, having Bama come back and take a lead, you know, missed a PAT and he bounced back with a field goal to win the game. Just classic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side, let's just talk about Bryce Young because Hendon Hooker is definitely in the Heisman contention, a phenomenal player, just an incredible game and just the way he performed in that game. But I covered Bryce Young in high school. I've seen that time and again, like, oh, he's wrapped up. Oh, he's going to get sacked. Oh, he's going to do this. And then he's like dodging and weaving and moving and doing this and doing that. And then find somebody in the end zone. It's just, to see that in person is also just incredible, huh? It is. And my first, I see that. I think I take that. Excuse me. Take that back. My second time seeing him play in person. Um, at first, first time I was pretty impressed. Now this game right here, I, the way he was doing things, he wasn't hundred percent either. He's been banged up. He had that shoulder sprain. We're in the press box. Like how, like, like how's he doing this? I mean, he'd take off running. He'd do a, two hops, he do a spin move. It's like he's out there just having fun, which he does. And then he makes, you know, 40-yard pass after doing all that hopping around. I just – it blows my mind how good he is. And for Tennessee to beat him, 
it's not easy. Uh, their defense had their hands full all game long. And I think about Hooker and, and, and himself, Young, both were great in the game. And obviously just down the stretch, it was more of the Hooker's show at the very, very end because you know, Young's team got down in their field goal range and missed one. Not really his fault at all. But just to see him play in person again and the way he did play was pretty incredible. I wrote about this, and it was more of a compliment to Josh Heupel and what he's doing there than a criticism of the Tennessee program. But this this team is not far from scandal. Like, allegedly putting money into McDonald's bags for recruits, as ridiculous and as unbelievable as that sounds. You know, Pruitt grabbing Guarantano's face mask and punching, you know, the whiteboard and whatever else ridiculous crap he was doing. And now Josh Heupel has this team, you know, in the college football playoff discussion so quickly. I mean, that is a compliment. You know, there were there was definitely talent when he got there, but it's also a tremendous compliment to what he's building there and how he's doing it. Being around him, being around the program, what has he brought to Knoxville? Maybe just a level of professionalism and an offense that's expected in the place. But what is it that you see on like a day to day basis? I think the way he carries himself, I think the players relate to him so well. Just hearing him talk at press conferences, the way they practice, uh, hearing what players say about him, I think the culture is just different. I'm not sure how he runs it inside the program in terms of you know practices, in terms of locker room chats, but he does something there where the players relate to him. They can beat Bama and they celebrate, but then Monday morning it's like the game never happened. They've already moved on to UT Martin Week, an FCS team. They treat it yeah. like it's Bama again. I just don't know – what he does exactly, but I think the way he carries himself, he's a down forward guy. I mean, he don't really get too incredibly excited about things. He's just neutral. Um, Hooker's the same way. Other players are the same way. I think he just he knows how good Tennessee can be. I think he had a plan when he got the job. People when he got the job are like, why they hire him? Why Josh Heifel from UCF? Like, why not somebody else? But he has proven that in, the, in less than two full years that his offense works. I think he knew he had the players he needed in his system to make it operate the way it does. I mean, snapping the ball every, what, 18 seconds is insane. Yeah. Um, the offense is so fun to watch, and I think he has good personnel, good coaching staff, and hell, they're 6-0. I mean, no one saw that coming. And, yeah, last year they won seven games, seven and six, and they have six wins through, you know, their first six games of the year. That's incredible for sure. Yeah, and Danny White, you know, hires Heupel, and it, and it definitely works out. And, um, you know, I think it just speaks to the sense that sometimes that's that's the right job in the right situation. And and it did take a lot of, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, chutzpah or, you know, to, to go into a situation with the, you know, the, that investigation going on and and building this program into what they believe it is already. I mean, they just beat Alabama. And the scene after that game was just absolutely incredible. I mean, one of the best scenes maybe in college football history. And I know Alabama fans have taken offense to Dixieland Delight playing at the game. <laughs> but what what could have possibly been better? It was almost like fictional. It was almost like it was written like a movie, how it how it all turned out. The drone pictures from above the stadium with how, yep. you know the fans just crammed in there. For someone who doesn't like tight spaces, I don't know if I would have loved being in that situation. But um, where were you when that was happening? And then the goalposts being walked to the river and thrown in. How did you kind of follow that along? So at Tennessee, media can go on the field with five minutes to go in the game if you're in the press box working media. Um, 
I hadn't been down there yet for anything. I'm like, you know what? They have a chance to win this game. But then Bama's driving. I'm like, all right, the Bama score. They're up 49-42. I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, I might sit in a press box, but there's like four and a half minutes to go. I'm like, you know what? I'm going I'm going downstairs. I get down there. It's a weird walk. I run the concourse. Get on the field with like two minutes to go. And we see, you know, Bama still go, come to my side of the field. They miss it. And then Tennessee, all right, here we go. Two passes, you know, boom, boom. And then next thing you know, you got 40-yard field goal set up with two seconds on the clock. I'm like, if they win this game, I might get trampled right here. Because I was in the probably this quarter of the end zone on uh, the other side of the field watching from this angle. And um, kick goes up. Everybody's it's quiet. It's weird. And then he hits it. All of a sudden, you just hear, I mean, fireworks go off. People I turn around. People are already climbing over the rails. I just have my phone. I, I was zoomed in. And I was like, what do I do now? I zoom out and kind of make my way around the whole stadium. And I just stand in a spot, and people are just coming, like, one way at me. One guy was like, we did it. We did it. Like, right, right <laughs> past me on my phone. It was unreal. And then you see cigarette smoke. I mean, cigar smoke, excuse me, just go up in the air. And then next thing you know, um, I go to the media room for a minute to get ready for post game. I walk back out because it took forever. We didn't have hype for, like, an hour after the game, which makes complete sense. And next thing you know, the go post is being taken down. And next thing you know, there's like 20 people carrying it up the up the stadium stairs. And then this thing you know you see on Twitter, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the river. I yeah. just, that doesn't happen. I just only Tennessee would have some kind of atmosphere like that where go posts are taken down and they have cigars provided for them. It was insane. <laughs> I won't ever forget it. I wrote a column on it Monday and just like it's like a walkthrough. I can like relive it every single day. Just yeah. Insane. Well, it's good that you were in the field because that press box is so damn high at that stadium. You can't even, you could hardly even see down onto the fields like from an airplane. Um, uh, and then, you know, ju- just an incredible, just an incredible atmosphere. I was talking to recruits that were at the game and they, you know, I said, Hey, did you storm the field? And the, yes, yes, yes. It was just like this community feeling. It was just, it was just something that was really incredible to see. And in terms of recruiting, uh, it certainly could not have hurt not only beating Alabama, but just the just the way it happened and just the environment in the stadium i was obviously watching on television not there but you could just tell that it was like when kids are making decisions now they're going to be like i want to be a part of something like that again you know that's it's true and like the way i stood it at one spot um after bama missed their field goal i turned around it's a recruiting section and like there's five of them like woohoo like i like get excited and i'm sure some have bama offers i mean 100 percent yeah. Um, yeah, it's insane. And then obviously this helps out big time. I think Heifel said it best. I think today on the uh, SEC teleconference for coaches, he was like, he was asked the question, like, what do you guys do recruiting wise now? Do you change any habits? Do you like, you know, get big headed kind of and like do things differently? He said, no, we're keeping doing the same thing. And I mean, players saw what we can do on the field and they saw atmosphere we, we, we provide. So if they want to come here, you know, they will. Um, yeah, I think obviously there's a kid at four star. Is announcing Friday, and he was just there for the game. Uh, Beasley, that will that might help out a lot for them. Uh, just it's great timing, you know. Be six and zero right here in the, in the midst of the high school season, late October. Um, recruits are announcing, you know, quickly over and over. I mean, what surprised me if they get some big time guys for sure. And David Hobbs is coming soon to announce. So I mean, there's a lot of guys to keep up with now, especially guys who have been busy in Knoxville over the season. Yeah, and and Tennessee, you know, there that has been a state that has been underappreciated in terms of high school talent, and not only the Memphis area, but there's a lot of kids now in Chattanooga. Yeah, um, na- obviously Nashville has a whole lot of kids, and keeping those kids home is 
is really, really important. Um, it has been a little bit of a struggle in some parts of the state, but I'm not so sure it's going to be anymore. Uh, I, I think Josh Heupel really has this thing running. It's very, very interesting. I was at Nico Ayama Liava's game on Friday night, and they didn't start until 7.30 Pacific because of um, TV. It was on TV. And they didn't get done. It was like penalties all over the place. So they didn't get done until after 11. And and the, the his dad, Big Nick, and Nico were thinking they could catch an 11.50 flight out of LAX. And I was like, no, there's there's just no chance. Make so it. Then they were thinking about a 6 a.m. flight the next morning. But then, you know, they weren't getting off the field there until after midnight. I mean, it was like a mob scene for, you know, autographs and stuff. He's, he's such a compelling figure um, that they probably would have gotten three hours of sleep. Looking back now, I think they do regret not getting on that plane at 6 a.m. and going. But it definitely speaks to just the interest in Tennessee football. Now, moving forward, uh, you know, Tennessee Martin this week, okay. You know, everything will be fine there. It does right. get a little interesting with Kentucky because of Mark Stoops and his defense. And then obviously that Georgia game. Is everybody just sort of waiting until November 5th and holding their breath? Because if you get past that, an Alabama rematch could possibly happen. And I don't want to be the guy that's like Tennessee is going to the national championship. But I also want to be like, this is a pretty damn good team. I mean, 6-0 and with four right wins. Yeah. Pittsburgh opened, opened the season. That was pretty impressive. That's Heifel's biggest win. You follow up with Florida. Then you go to LSU on the road and Baton Rouge and win. And then the Bama game, and no one saw you really winning. You snap a 15-game losing streak to them. UK is going to be a big game. Kentucky's always Tennessee, that great rivalry. UK obviously had those two losses there. Uh, they bounced back last week. Um, they're, I think, a work in progress. Um, I think Tennessee's much better overall. But I think that's a game you can't overlook by any means because you don't want to slip up and get beat in that game. Um, but Georgia is going to be huge yeah. uh, in Athens. Uh, it, there's potential for a one versus two or three matchup, which yeah. will bring game day probably for a third time to a Tennessee game this year. Um, it'd be probably bigger than the Bama game. Yeah. And and there's a chance Tennessee, if they, they could go 11 to one, I really do think so. Um, I said, I think I said nine wins comes to the year. I was like, you know what? 10 and two, give me 10 and two. And I'm like, 11 to one is not the pitcher and the way they're right. playing. You beat Bama, you beat anybody really. Um, so they got South Carolina on the road. That's not, shouldn't be a problem. Missouri at home shouldn't be a problem. Um, Vandy. so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Vanderbilt, that's in Nashville. I mean, there'll be a home game for them pretty much. Yeah. Um, so really you, you got to pencil in at least 10 wins. I mean, they're going to win 10. It's just Kentucky and Georgia. What happens there? They win both. They win one, they split. Um, see so yeah, that Georgia match is going to be huge. I'll be in Athens for that one. I can't wait. Hopefully it's a great atmosphere again. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That is Tyler Mansfield from Vol Report. He's alive after an incredible weekend in Knoxville. This is Adam Gorney for the Respect My Decision podcast.